I have absolutely nothing to say whatsoever. And yet, I will make it seem like I do. B2B services and operating excellence. Not a headcount that you need to be considered a disruptor in your marketplace. Is an ownership stake in an underlying network. It had a very leveraged effect. Welcome to the Dejargonizer. I'm your host, Amir Mizrach. In this podcast, I speak to startup founders. I subject myself to their tech jargon to try and decipher what their company really does. I do this to find out if there's a bigger story there that matters to broader audiences like you. Today, we're joined by Roy Azulai. He's the co-founder and COO of Sinomi. Sinomi helps small companies protect themselves against cyber threats. People often think cybersecurity is a problem for governments and big companies, not mom and pop stores. For many small businesses, cybersecurity is never even on the to-do list. It's certainly not something they can afford. But here's the thing. The dark side of the internet, where cybercrime, hacking, and exploitation are rampant, that doesn't only hit big businesses and governments. Increasingly, you and I are the target. Your small business is a potential target. Even your mom-and-pop stories. But you have to think about how have hackers evolved in their tradecraft to even do this with something that's so simple that anybody would fall for it. So, what can small businesses without big security budgets do to keep themselves safe online? That's what Roy Azulai and I talked about. It's difficult but simple, okay? Roy Azulai, thanks for coming on to the Dejargonizer. Thank you for having me. You know, I went on to Sinomi.com, uh, that's C-Y-N-O-M-I.com. And I just want to read to you what I saw here. This is an AI-powered, automated vCISO platform. Sinomi's multi-tenant platform automatically generates everything needed to provide vCISO services at scale, uh, strategic remediation plans, Tell me what is an AI-powered, automated vCISO platform? Sure. Well, first of all, in our defense, that website is tailored for use by uh, managed security service providers. We cater the, the jargon to our audience and what they know and understand. So let me take a step back, because in order to explain what the vCISO is, I probably need to first start with what the CISO is, uh, because maybe... Not, not everyone who's listening to us now uh, knows that. So a CISO is a chief information security officer. It is a position that's becoming more and more common, at least at the enterprise level at company. And it's the individual that has ultimate ownership for the company's cybersecurity posture. Every time you say the word posture, like, you know, uh, your security posture, a butterfly dies <laughs> painfully somewhere. It sounds complicated, but really when we say posture, we, need, we mean readiness or what your, what your situation, what your risk level is. Okay. And so the CISO's job at an enterprise level is to really understand the company understand what the most relevant or most prioritized risks are because in cybersecurity often you're not going to be able to address everything. Set a plan for remediation, so for improvement, and then ensure that that plan gets executed. 
that's the CISO's role at large. It largely exists at the enterprise level. What we firmly believe at Sainomi is that companies that aren't fully-fledged enterprises still need that level of protection. I can understand why hackers would want to hack into banks, big tech companies. Why would anyone want to hack small and mid, mid-market size business? Hmm, sure, that's a really good question. I think it boils down to the fact that it's a numbers game. No one is going to sit down and target specifically that 400 employee law firm that sits in Oxford. But what hackers do is try to basically scan as many organizations as they can for vulnerabilities. When a hacker kind of scans your website, your apps, maybe like, is that how they look for ways in? Is that what you mean? That's right. So anything that's externally visible, anything that's facing the internet publicly can be scanned. So it could be a login portal. It could be your website. It could be workstations that may be exposed to the internet in one way or another. And now as a lot of people are working from home, I guess that attack surface becomes even bigger. The hackers, that's what they start off with. They carpet bomb everything to see where where they can get in. And then, and then what happens? We could see a ransomware attack. Those have been very common. It could be a data leak for some organizations. It could be very sensitive to a defacement attack where their website is taken over and populated with content that reflects poorly on the company. Hmm. And in some cases, it could be financial attacks. It could be an email that's asking you to transfer funds to a recipient. A Nigerian prince. A Nigerian prince is a classic example, but we've seen attacks that are far more sophisticated. So it's basically a man in the middle of attack between an investor and a company. Uh, where that company mm. is expecting to transfer funds to that investor. But that one email where the bank details are being submitted has been circumvented and could be weeks and months before people find out. Okay, if I'm the CEO of a enterprise-level company or publicly traded company or a really, really big company and we get hacked, it's all over the news, it's everywhere, I call up my CISO... And I say, okay, what's up? Now, if I'm the CEO of a small business, who do I call? What do I do? They basically have three choices at the moment. The first choice is business as usual, right? So you say, okay, I understand the risks. I don't have the resources to deal with it. I'm going to pretty much hope for the best. Uh, Maybe I'll upgrade my firewall, but it won't go further than that. The second option is also a somewhat classic option, which is I'm going to go out and I'm going to hire that CISO, that Chief Information Security Officer. It's going to cost me between $200,000 and $400,000 per year, uh, and hopefully I can find one because we know there is a severe shortage in, in cybersecurity talent uh, at the moment, the global one. And the third option, which we're seeing, which is far more common, is I'm going to get someone to give me CISO level advice, but it's going to be an external contributor. So that's often referred to as a fractional CISO or a virtual CISO. Virtual, not in the sense that it's a machine, but in the sense that it's not someone that's there on site. And that is something that we're seeing physically being being used.
a sea level CISO could cost something like what two hundred to four hundred thousand dollars a year. But if you can't afford that, and I'm assuming the vast majority of companies in the world cannot afford that, your next best thing is to get a consultant, a person to come in once a week, someone to to be around, or a automated platform. Typically, another thing sort of I'll, I'll join to the mix, Amir, is that most small and medium businesses rely on external service providers for IT in any case. So many of them re- rely on MSPs, managed service providers for part of or all of their IT support. And increasingly, we see small and medium businesses rely on managed security service providers, MSSP. I'm sorry, MSSP is a managed security service provider? Correct. Okay. And these are companies, they're like IT security companies that cater specifically for smaller businesses? Small is a relative term. Um, Some of them would go up to the sub-enterprise level. Sub-enterprise meaning what, between 500 to 1,000 people? No, I, I've seen I've, I've seen MSSPs that support much much bigger companies. So even a few thousand employees could easily be, be supported by by an MSSP. Okay, so we're not talking about some of the world's kind of biggest, well-known names in cybersecurity like Checkpoint or Wiz or um, Palo Alto Networks, CrowdStrike. Well, an MSSP would use all of the tools that you mentioned earlier. But they, they would make usage of all of these tools, but they would know how to use them and they would know how to mm. customize them for your needs. And they would know how to monitor their outputs and report to management. We actually provide this platform to the MSSPs that want to provide the service because providing a virtual CISO service is very complex. It's rare that uh, things remain static uh, both within a company and externally in terms of the threat landscape. Threat landscape being, what does that mean? Everyone speaks about this threat landscape. Basically, it's the assessment of what your security professional knows is going out there and what they want to best prepare you for. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the the business. Tell me about your market. Historically, if you were a founder in the cybersecurity space, your dream would be to show how you sell to a Fortune 500 CISO. That was basically the holy grail. Uh, Now we're seeing more and more companies that are actually saying, you know what, mid-market is the next big opportunity in cyber. We're seeing mid-market attacks intensify. So we see that the number of successful attacks has risen dramatically. I want to try and get a sense also for people who are listening how this works. So a VCSO platform is basically a virtual chief information security officer that then also based on that data gives me the recommendations that I need. So a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. I think that's right. I'll just make one subtle note here. The platform that we've built right now is for that individual providing the VCs of service to the CEO and to the company. Think of a VCSO platform as the strategic manager platform. It sets out the activities that you need to undertake, but it cannot replace all the tools that you need to in order to, to do so. So it doesn't replace a firewall, for example. So on that basis, in terms of social engineering, it will highlight the fact that you need to run 
Phishing tests for your employees. Phishing tests, by the way, are P-H-I phishing. And just a quick de-jargon on that means this is not you sending, you know, to see if your um, your employees can fish. What are you testing them for? Sure. So what you're testing is whether your employees can identify a malicious email that is meant to retrieve information or access credentials from it. So rather than waiting for that malicious email to find it, its way into their inbox, you write your own version of a malicious email and check who was able to identify it and who hasn't been able to identify it. And those that haven't been able to identify oh, it, you can work with them and explain to them. <laughs> yeah! What? Uh, <laughs> I get it, I get it. I always get laughed at when I ask this question, but, you know, if someone with a gun came in, robbed me, robbed the store owner, ran out, the police would be on that, I hope, in many places. That just almost never happens on the internet, right? I mean, you can just get hacked and assuming, you know, what I'm reading about, you know, uh, everyone's already been infected. Where are the cops? Why is crime online breaking and entering so rampant where are the authorities wow that's a good question i never actually thought about it what immediately would come to my mind is a question of jurisdiction most law enforcement is local whereas most cyber breaches are global and many of them operate out of jurisdictions which make it more convenient to keep operating that's part of the answer. I guess the second part is that, you know, when we think about law enforcement or even how our countries protect us from military perspective, they can do that because, you know, they have the bigger guns, right? Or they have more guns. When we're talking about cyber attacks, that's not always the case, right? Uh, There are very sophisticated tools that are out there. And those tools are increasingly being commoditized. It's software, which by by its uh, nature, it's very difficult to limit distribution or access to. How does it look on the other side? If I'm, I want to get into hacking and I want to go after mid-market, what kind of hacking tools? How do I get the, the synomy of hacking? You know that story about the two people that were confronted by a bear? <laughs> And it's like, I, I don't need to run faster than the bear. I just need to run faster than the other, the other person. So going back to what we discussed at the beginning, it's not that the hackers would now try to crack this VCSO platform, right? So we're still looking at 20% of market uptake at best. Gartner optimistically sees the demand for VC right. services at 20%. So I'm saying even in a best case scenario, you still have 80% that are not using these services. The vast majority of small businesses uh, are not using any type of cyber automation service? Strategic cyber service, yeah. Strategic meaning n- not just a firewall just here and there, but a, a, a strategic meaning holistic. Exactly. Not, not, not just using tools, but using sort of some methodology on how those mm. tools are employed and used.
So I'm going to try and tell you a story again here. At the moment, what we're seeing is a couple of trends. A lot of small to medium-sized businesses are starting to take up the tools that they need to protect themselves online, but still the vast majority of small businesses, mid-market companies are not taking that strategically. They're just using kind of tools and ad hoc. This is a problem because hacking is not just isolated to high value targets like banks and governments and contractors for governments and really kind of big, big, big firms, but it's going down the value chain because there is value in hacking these small businesses, potentially also because they are vendors to larger businesses, what's called the, the supply chain hack. And Sainomi, your company has built a holistic strategic tool that has traditionally been the purview of bigger companies who can afford a $400,000 a year chief information security officer. That is a really good, a really good summary. Yeah. Brilliant. What's the next chapter for Sainomi? If I had to summarize uh, sort of the narrative earlier, basically we de-jargonized CISO at the start of this conversation, and we believe every company needs a CISO. So the question is how we get there. For the next two years, that's going to be true service providers. Later down the line, we're planning to roll out directly to small and mid-market businesses or in-house IT teams. Interesting. Great. Okay. Is there anything you feel like I've missed or haven't touched on? No, this has been great. I think we, we covered covered everything. Great. Thank you very, very much. Cool. Thank you, Amir. This has been great. Small businesses don't want to think about cyber because it feels too big for them. It's not on their list of priorities. It's beyond their grasp and their means. They think cyber is for big corporations and governments. Even the jargon cybersecurity companies use is incomprehensible to most people. That's dangerous because it leaves millions of small businesses vulnerable to attack. Hopefully, this conversation convinced you of that. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back soon with more de-jargonization. In the meantime, check out my newsletter, the dejargonizer.substack.com. The Dejargonizer is produced and edited by Astrid London.